All right, so today we are continuing in our series called Rhythms. In this series, we're talking about the rhythms of life. If you're a guest, it's the first time, or you've missed the last couple Sundays, this series is about the rhythms of our lives. Rhythms are the flow of your life, the routines and habits, the quantity of obligations, and the events and the distance between them. That's, that's what we're talking about, the rhythms of life. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight verse 30. Jesus said this, Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Come on, let's pray over our time in the Word. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you that there's even rhythms of grace, Lord. There's, you have rhythms, Lord, even from when in creation, from the first week you, you, you said, let there be light. And, and throughout that week and throughout this world, rhythms of redemption and, and grace in our lives. Help us, Lord God, to apply this to Lord, both the spiritual and practical points of our lives. Help me, Holy Spirit, as I preach your word to clearly unfold your word. Lord, I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. Help us to all receive it, but most importantly, the grace to apply it to our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just a quick recap. In week one, we talked about how all of us have way too much going on. I showed three ways that too much creates madness. We talked about how progress doesn't produce peace. Overwhelm will always over, uh, overload will always overwhelm, and stress is sinister. And then last week, I gave you the recipe for rest. I used rest as an acronym, and the R is create and maintain a routine. The E is manage your emotions. The S is be consistent with the Sabbath. Take a day of rest off once a week to be with the Lord and to rest and be with your family. And the T is conquer your thoughts. Now, again, a couple of weeks ago, I showed you through stats and even confirmed by a doctor here in our church how overloaded, overwhelmed and stressed out most people in America are. A lot of people are living this way. This morning, I want to start out by pointing out the problem with fatigue in our society. A lot of Americans are worn out, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, or one of one of those three. And I believe there may be some people sitting here today, you're worn out either mentally, maybe emotionally, maybe physically, maybe all three of them. And if you are, you're dealing with some fatigue. Let me give you some examples. I hear so many people talk about how, man, I'm always tired all the time, or man, I'm exhausted. It seems like I can't ever catch up on some sleep or catch up on rest. I've seen myself and, and see the trend that anxiety attacks are on the rise where people, chest hurts, their arm hurts, they think they're having a heart attack, they go to the hospital. I had a good friend just recently happened to, did an EKG, nothing's wrong with their heart, probably an anxiety attack. Listen to this, 10 times as many people are suffering from depression as it was in 1968. 10 times the amount. Can you imagine that? One-fourth of all Americans has a mental disorder. And one doctor said that in one morning, nine out of 11 of his patients were on antidepressant medicine. Can you imagine antidepressants? Nine out of 11 of his patients he saw in one morning was on antidepressants. Something has to change. Would you agree, church? The mental and emotional fatigue, I believe, in our society is really plaguing us. Look at the scripture in Mark 6, 31. Jesus and his followers were in a very busy place. There were so many people that he and his followers did not even have time to eat. You ever went through a day or a week and said, man, I didn't have time to eat today. You ever been there? He said to them, come with me. We will go to a quiet place to be alone. There we will get 
some rest. See, Jesus knew his disciples were possibly on the verge of being worn out. So he brought them to a place where they could slow down, eat, and rest. Today and next week, we're going to talk about creating healthy rhythms in your life. Creating healthy rhythms. So in four different areas, we're going to talk about the emotional, the physical, time, and finances. I'm going to deal with two today and then two next week. So let me just stop right here and say, though, get a disclaimer. This is not a self-help message, okay? This is not a self-help message. Matter of fact, I was reading this morning in one of the translations in Matthew 16 where Jesus himself says self-help is not really help at all, right? There's things we can apply, but everything starts with the Lord's help. Even when we're talking about our emotions and our physical health, we still need the Lord's help. Why? Because the Lord created our bodies and our emotions, right? Sometimes we compartmentalize and say, well, I'll go to the Lord with my spiritual life, but I'll deal with my physical and emotional. No, 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 no. The Lord wants to help us in every part of our lives. Look at Genesis 39 and 23. This is speaking of Joseph. It says, the Lord was with them and caused everything he did to succeed. Come on, somebody. How many of you want to succeed in every part of your life and be healthy in your emotions, in your body, in every part? Joseph was in prison whenever this was pinned, and he got promoted by doing some very practical administrative stuff because God gave Joseph so much wisdom. He was in prison, by the way, for something he didn't, crime he didn't commit. He was falsely accused, but the Lord was with him and gave him success. See, the Lord is with you too and wants to help you succeed in getting healthy as well. Amen? Let me read Matthew eleven twenty eight again. Jesus said, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Here are a couple of ways to develop healthy rhythms in your life. Again, we'll deal with the first two just today, emotions and physical, and the next two next week. Number one, you must recover your emotional health. Recover your emotional health. Look at this, this scripture in Proverbs fourteen thirty. A sound mind makes a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Run away emotions. You ever felt like your emotions were just out of whack and just like out of control? You couldn't get a grasp of your emotions? Run away emotions. Look, God's given us every emotion. I hit it on a little bit last week, managing your emotions. But last week I talked about focusing on the realities of heaven. Again, a spiritual way to deal with a, with a, 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 a more practical issue, so to speak. We got to get, if our emotions are all over the place, what should we do? How do you recover your emotional health? Well, number one, Allow yourself to have authentic emotions. So let me say this, first and foremost, laugh. It's okay to laugh, y'all. Even in church, even in, you know, I mean, I was raised up in a denomination where you weren't even supposed to talk in church. You had to be quiet. If you laughed, man, you was getting pinched for sure. And maybe even spanked at the end of the service, right? And I, y'all ever, did y'all parents used to pinch you in church? Right? And then they'd pinch you and they'd twist too. You remember that? The little twist? And then don't dare cry because it's going to be even worse when you leave church, right? And so that was, man, I tell you what, you know, so I'm just getting stuff off my chest today, all right? So, no, but seriously, but man, that's why we, we, we like to have fun in church. You want to laugh. Hey, listen, look what Proverbs 17, 22 says. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Listen, a true joyful heart that comes from the joy of the Lord and laughter that outflows. Come on, that's better medicine than, than any doctor can prescribe, right? I mean, I'm not against medicines. I mean, look, I, you know, when me and my wife were sick, we took medicines. I get it. And that, that can help. But you know what? Laughter is a good medicine and it's already in us, right? 
Have you ever had a really good belly laugh? And when you, I mean, like something just tickled you and you laughed. You didn't even, it wasn't even supposed to be that funny, but for some reason it, you laughed and, laughed and then afterwards you said this, oh man, I needed that. You've ever done that? Most of y'all said, man, I needed that. Hey, you know, we all need that. We all need just a good laugh sometimes, right? Laughter that comes from the joy that God is a God-given good medicine. So most of us in here, maybe, you know, I, I talked about it. Like, don't take yourself so serious, man. Like, around the office, we here in the ministry, man, we like to cut up. We have fun. We joke. It's a, I even heard that laughter, if you're in a meeting, a business meeting or whatever, or a creative meeting, they say that they, the more you laugh, it actually can stir up creativity as well. And so sometimes we get so serious about things like, man, like I said, just be as relaxed as a wet mop on a log, okay? Amen? And don't take yourself so seriously. Most of us don't have a problem with that, or some of us, but this next one we do. You need to cry as well. Look at this next verse of Scripture. These two words some people say are the most powerful verse in the Scripture. Jesus wept. Listen, if Jesus wept, and look, Jesus wept. That's not just like cry, like a little tear coming down his cheek. He wept, right? Crying is a great, healthy way to process your emotions. Don't try to hold your emotions in, but release them in times of grief, hurt, and pain, right? You know, I've seen this many times, and look, if you if you said this before, I'm not here to condemn you or anything, but I just want to help you. Because I've seen this too many times, especially said to men, and sadly sometimes even to children at funerals. Of course, we go to and do a lot of funerals in ministry, and I've heard it, hey, don't cry, you need to be strong. Listen, that's not healthy. If you've been taught and programmed, especially as a man, that you shouldn't cry, you might not be emotionally healthy. We have, we should cry. If Jesus wept, and I promise you, Jesus was a man's man, right? Meekness is not weak. Jesus was a man. For all you men that are not sure about that, think about this. Bunch of been having, doing business with all kind of their currency on the table in the temple. Jesus walks up, flips over all their, their tables, money scatters everywhere, and not a man touched him. Jesus was a man. You men think about if you was at your business, somebody did that to you, right? Jesus was a man, and Jesus wept. Meekness is not weakness, right? If Jesus wept, we need to cry, y'all. We, we, we shouldn't hold in our emotions in time of grief and pain. It's so cleansing to cry. If it's, it's never healthy to hold into your emotions of crying when you're hurting. I remember hearing a man say, you should laugh every day and cry every day. Now, I know I don't cry every day, but I even heard another pastor say that he, it's, it's also a sign of tenderness towards the Lord. He said, if I go a week without weeping before the Lord, I'd check myself because I feel like I'm getting hard, right? We need to stay tender before. And I know for some of you ladies, it's harder, but for us guys, I mean, it's easier. For us guys, it's a little bit harder, but don't bottle up the emotion of crying, even when it's tears of joy, right? Even when you're joyful, it's so good and healthy to have healthy, authentic emotions. Both laugh and cry. Those are the ways the Lord designed it. If, if Jesus did, we should as well, right? Secondly, develop healthy relationships. Romans 12, 16 says this, live in harmony with one another. First with your family and friends. You may have relationships, but are they healthy? All of us have relationships, or most of us with our family and, and friends, but are they healthy? If you're not sure they're healthy, uh, answer this question right here. How's your communication in your family and with your friends? How's the communication with them? Let me ask this. The Lord just dropped this in me this morning. Do you gain or get drained from your friends and family? 
Come on, somebody. Do you gain? Do you feel like you gain when you're around them or you get drained? If you get drained every time you're around those people in that relationship, that's not a healthy relationship, right? And it's give and take, just like a relationship, a marriage, just like a, a bank de- uh, account. You have deposits and withdrawals, right? Sometimes you, you want to bear their burdens, but other times they fill you up, right? That's a healthy relationship. So how's your communication? And if you're steadily getting drained, pray and ask the Lord to help you with your communication and develop healthy relationships with your friends and family. And then also our church community. That's why we have life groups to help you develop these relationships. And even men's and women's events or youth events, you know, different demographics to help that demographic to connect. We have married life groups to find out there's a marriage life group going on right now and love and respect and, and they're building relationships. That's why even at these, these prayer meetings this week, you know, you come to a lady's prayer meeting tomorrow night. Every prayer meeting we have, there's people fellowshipping and talking before and after. And when you get in the trenches, look, those that have built the, the tightest relationships in the military is those that were in foxholes together with bombs being dropped over them. And they made it out alive, right? They survived. They had each other's back. Spiritually speaking, it's the same way, right? We pray with each other. We get in the trenches and you can build relationships at these events, especially in life groups. And then also reconcile relationships. This is forgive those that have hurt you and try to make peace. The Bible says, as much as it's in your power, live in peace with everyone. Listen, some people don't want peace, right? Some people just, they, they want to go after it and want to always be fighting and bickering. But as much as it's in your power, as much as you can, try to live in peace with people and, and forgive those that have hurt you. Reconcile relationships. Listen to what Jesus said. And this ties in the, the spiritual to the very practical. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar at the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar. We come now with a sacrifice of praise, right? Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come offer your sacrifice to God. That's Jesus himself. Talking about building healthy emotions and relationships, right? It's better that you go and try to reconcile before you come here and lift your hands and worship the Lord. Amen. At least do your part to try, right? And listen, that thing says, that that scripture says that if somebody has something against you, it's not even something of unforgiveness. You may know that your brother or sister and is upset with you for something you might not want to, you don't, might not even know why, but you need to go to him and at least try, hey man, what's going on? Man, it seems like there's a wall between us. It seems like I know, I noticed there's been some hostility. Can we talk about it? Can we, it, it, we need to be, we need to work on reconciling relationships this year. Amen. And then start serving others. And that's what we have serve teams for to help you to connect and serve others. Because you know why? In, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Those are all things he was talking to the disciples about as he was preaching and teaching them what it's like. To, to live out the Christian life. And that giving is not just money. That's part of it. Yes, you should give your tithe. It's good to give to missions. But it's giving of your time. It's giving of yourself. It's giving of your talent. So when you serve the way that God's created us to serve, you have healthy relationships and ultimately you're healthier. Most, doesn't it feel good to help other people out? Right? I, I didn't ask permission. So one of my daughters told me that the other night. She said, Dad, I just love making people feel good. It feels good to serve, right? It feels good because God's designed us that way to help us uh, uh, to, to, to have a healthy relationship and healthy emotions. And the next, set clear boundaries in your relationships. Let me set up this story of, of the scripture I'm about to read. There was a man named Jacob in the Old Testament in, in, in Genesis. And, and um, he had, he had, he had 
his father-in-law was working with his father-in-law. He had married his two wives and uh, his two daughters. I'm sorry, because his father-in-law tricked him uh, into the wife he wanted to marry. And then, you know, they had a, a strained relationship because during that whole time, he's working for his father-in-law. His father-in-law kept trying to switch his wages and get over on him. Finally, Jacob had enough and he said, I'm taking my wives, my children, and my all my possessions and I'm leaving. I can't can't deal with, 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 with Laban anymore. So he just flees. He takes his whole camp, two camps, the Bible says, and flees. Of course, this makes his father-in-law very upset that he just takes his daughters and, and, and grandchildren and leaves and, and he catches up with him a few days later. And the Bible even says that Laban was planning on killing Jacob, but the Lord came to him. Uh, yeah, he, the, Laban was planning on killing Jacob. The Lord came to Laban in a dream and says, do not lay a hand on the boy. And so they sit down and begin to talk about it. Laban was still upset and said, hey, man, what are you doing running off like a thief like this? Their relationship was strained. But eventually they sat down and they begin to agree on how they would move forward in their relationship in the future. And look at what it says in Genesis 31, 51 and 53. Set this pile of stones, Laban continued. See this pile of stones, Laban continued. And see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our vows. Listen to this. This is boundaries. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. Let me pause and say, and that's what boundaries are about. And I'm 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 going to unpack that a little more. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of my father Nahor, to serve as a judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father Isaac to respect the boundary line. See, boundaries is, is saying yes when you need to say yes and no when you need to say no. You know what? People are going to hurt you. The first service, we had another word from, from Blue, our ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery. And we know people are hurt us. But listen, boundaries is, is not allowing people to continue to hurt you or to harm you like that scripture says, right? You got to sell healthy boundaries. If somebody continues to hurt you, lie to you, betray you, you know, it's, you know, whatever, stealing from you, you need to set healthy boundaries. And I, I love that. It's, I just reading through that and it just popped out at me. That I never, it was physical boundaries, but it, it's, it, it's dealing with relationships. Now I'm just hitting on it very quickly, but I want to give you a resource. There's a book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and John John Townsend. How many of y'all have heard of or read the book Boundaries? Let me see your hand. Quite a few people here have, and some of you haven't. This book has sold over four million copies. It's talking about boundaries and relationships. If you feel like there's people in your life where they're just overwhelming, always hurting you and whatever, and you, you want to be in relationship with them, maybe somebody in your household, somebody you work with, you need to set healthy boundaries because if your boundaries are constantly being crossed, then you're not going to be healthy emotionally. You need to set those boundaries. And of course, last but it's not least, is the, the most important, continue to grow spiritually. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We saw earlier the importance of being joyful, right? Proverbs says it's a good medicine. Never stop praying here. Does It, it means not giving up. It doesn't mean not praying are praying at every moment, right? So some of you have been praying and fasting for years, believing for the same thing, and maybe it hasn't come to pass. The Bible's telling us, don't stop praying for that. Don't give up, right? Amen? Don't give up. Keep on praying. And then it says that we should be thankful in every circumstance. We can be thankful in all circumstances because God is sovereign and can redeem every situation. 
Some of you need to hear that. You may be in a bad situation right now, but God is sovereign over it all and can redeem every single situation that you're in. Amen? So I promise you, if you do all three of these every day, you will have a healthier spiritual life, but also healthier emotions. Amen? And this is, if you want to know the will of God, here it is right here, right? Be joyful, be thankful in every situation, and never stop praying. You know, for some of you, I mean, I got convicted. I told you last year, talking about 2020, where I was complaining so much. And I thought, man, there's a lot of things to be thankful for that happened in 2020. Amen? And I got convicted, like, Lord, I'm sorry. Even though last year was crazy, there was a lot of good things that came out of that too, right? Every day, every circumstance, if we look hard enough, there's something to be thankful for. We alive today, right? We breathing today, right? We in church. Come on, there's worse places to be on Sunday morning than in church, right? I can think of a couple of them, right? So there's a lot to be thankful for. The second thing is we need to recover, recover your physical health. So let's talk about our physical bodies now. Look at what the Bible has to say about this. 3 John 1, 2 says this. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Do you see that? I pray your, our hope that you're as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. The apostle John's hope for the church was that their physical health would be equal to their spiritual health. You see that? He says, as a healthy in body. So he's not saying less or about the same or don't worry about that. No, we need to be as healthy in body as we are strong in spirit. And you know why? Because when you're sick, you don't feel like, you don't feel spiritual at all. Right? When me and my wife were down a couple of those days, man, the only praying I was doing was Jesus heal me or take me home. That was about the extent of my prayer, right? You ever been that sick where you're just like, man, you don't feel spiritual when you're sick, right? You don't, when you're running fever or you're vomiting or whatever, or you, you have body aches, you, you know, we want to be in good health. And I believe that's why the apostle John said that. We want to be in good health. The body, the Bible also says we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit resides in us. So we want to take care of our temple. Earlier we talked about fatigue. Obviously, you get fatigued physically when your energy is drained. And three main things would drain your physical health and energy. When you're out of shape, when you're sleep deprived, and when you're eating too much of the wrong foods. I knew I wouldn't get much amens right there. I get it. Look, in, in South Louisiana, we got great Creole and Cajun food. I know I get it, but, but this is the truth here, right? How do you recover your physical health? Well, first of all, healthy exercise. Try to do some form of cardio for your heart, weight training for your muscles, and stretching for flexibility. Look, I'm not saying weight training like you're going to try to be a bodybuilder or anything, right? But it's important. I even read some recently, maybe last year, that even for the, let me be careful here, the more seasoned saints, you know, a little bit further down the road, they, for, for years they thought that it was just good to go for a walk, but they're finding that's even good as you get older to do some form of weight training because you don't want to throw your back out when you're trying to pick up a bag of groceries, right? So listen, I mean, just doing something. I know a pastor that's in his, I think, close to 70 now, and he does resistance band. He don't do weights, but he'll do resistance bands and whatnot. And so it's just good to, to have a, 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 a routine, as we talked about last week, of health healthy exercise. It could be walking. It could be running. I'm not saying running five miles a day and hitting the gym six days a week. I sure don't do that. Come on, somebody. But I'm trying to just make three days a week at the gym, right? Just something to, I know, keep my body healthy, my heart healthy and whatnot. And then again, healthy sleep. I, I hit on this a little bit last week. Begin a healthy sleep pattern. Get enough sleep. Again, you're fatigued and so tired because you're not getting enough sleep. 
Shoot for eight hours a day. Maybe go to bed at nine and wake up at five or go to bed at six, uh, 10 and get up at six. I had another doctor. I was talking to Dr. Langen earlier. There's another doctor in our church, Dr. Robson. He texted me after the service and he said, you know, when you sleep, it helps build your immune system. So if you're not getting enough sleep, guess what? Your immune system gets low and you're more susceptible to get sick. Come on, somebody. And that's, that's, that's from the doctor's mouth, or technically from his text, but that's from a doctor. He, he texted me that out. So we need to make sure we get enough sleep, get on a good sleep routine, and try to sleep at least eight hours a day. And then this is one of my favorites, too, and I've mentioned it. Take short naps as much as you can. Maybe not every day, but they say 20 to 30 minutes. They call it a power nap. Y'all have heard that, right? Take a little power nap. Anything over 30 minutes, you fall into more of a deep sleep. But take a power nap. Look, Jesus was sleeping in the boat in the middle of a storm. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, right? If Jesus took naps, come on. But you know what? Also, there's a professional counselor here in town. He's, he's spoken at this church before. He was here for a speaking engagement. I was either talking to him before or after. And I was telling him how, man, when I first got married to my wife, she's five years younger than me. And she was always into taking naps. She, I think she's in her bloodline or something. Her daddy's right there. They Look, you just see her family's like the A-bears are some nap-taking people, right? So when we first got married and I'm in my early 20s and I'm like, you know, she's like, oh, you're going to take a nap today? Especially Sunday. I'm like, man, I, I ain't going to take a nap. I'm too young to be taking a nap. I'm going to watch some football or go do something in the yard, whatever, you know. Well, as I got a little bit further down the road and started having children and uh, more responsibility, naps are godly. I tell you what, they're, they're very nice. They're, you know, but listen, this man of God, going back to this professional Christian counselor, I told him what I just told y'all. And he said, Brandon, if you'll take naps, it'll extend your life and your ministry. I said, come on, Jesus, I receive it, right? I was, I was a word for me, but this is a guy that his job is dealing with people that are unhealthy emotionally, relationally, and some even physically, right? So again, if Jesus took naps, y'all, come on, we need to be Christ-like. Jesus wept, Jesus took naps, you know, Jesus was full of the joy of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to get enough sleep. Some of you, if you just start sleeping eight hours a night, I believe your health would turn around. I don't know who I'm saying that for. I, I didn't say that in the first service, but I just feel that. If you begin to get enough sleep, and start sleeping regularly and taking naps, I believe your health will turn around if you're having health issues. And then this is the one, if you have stones or tomatoes or something you may want to throw at me, healthy eating, trying to eat healthier. Listen, cut back or cut out sugar as much as possible. I'm not saying you can't ever eat sugar, but just don't eat tons of it every day. Maybe, you know, be disciplined during the week and maybe, you know, have a little treat or two on the weekends, right? Or whatever it is. Again, I asked Dr. Langino, he, I mean, he, he confirmed, I, I kind of put him on the spot, but I know we've talked about it that he's my doctor and Dr. Robinson said the same thing. You know, that sugar can actually increase certain diseases, even like cancer. You know, it can, it can lead that cancer. I've heard that cancer feeds on sugar and stuff. And so it also can, can lead. So here, two doctors in our churches that are encouraging us. Listen, again, it's all right to have a treat every once in a while, but we eat so much stuff with sugar. And I'm talking about especially the processed packaged sugar. I know fruit has sugar in it and natural honey and stuff, you know, and that's, that's, that's a little different. Even that too much of anything's not good. You know, if you drink too much water, it's not good for you, right? So too much anything's not good. Now, most of us don't drink enough water. Let me say that. So I didn't even add that to my notes, but drink more water, right? It's good to drink, to try to drink more water, but cut back on the processed sugar and try to eat real food. Too much processed stuff is not good for you. The basic way, well, what's real food? Anything that's not in a box, right? 
We eat so much stuff that comes out of a box. Try to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and meats and what. That's one of the blessings of being an outdoorsman is that well, we love when we hunt and fish because we get, you can't get more organic than go and catch it, catch, catch it or kill it yourself, right? Process it. I know, come on, Uncle Rex, you know, right? And I know there's a lot of hunters in here, but that is the blessing, you know? That's how they lived back before we had grocery stores, right? You lived off the land, but try to do as much. And now we have, you know, stores where you can get stuff that's, you know, but try to eat real foods. And listen, this is also one of the benefits of fasting. Of course, there's great spiritual benefits, but if you're fasting and, and you're not eating much or you're eating better like, like nuts and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, what's happening is, is your body's detoxing all of that processed food. All that sugar and stuff is starting to, uh, starting to detox out of it. So at the end of the fast in a week, guess what, man? It's almost like you got a clean slate to begin a new healthy lifestyle of, of eating. And again, not that you can't ever eat it. I, I always, we, we did a, um, it's actually called Body for Life. It's a program. It's not a diet, but they actually say it's good. If you go like six days a week where you're eating right and you're exercising, they say once a week you need to have a free day where you just pretty much eat whatever you want, right? You know, it's good for you. You know, it's good psychologically. Because if you say, I'm never going to eat chocolate again, when you start eating chocolate, look out. You're going to guard yourself, right? So it's good to, to, it gives you a little goal to work towards as well, right? So try to start out during the week, you know, exercising, doing something, eating better, sleeping better to help you to recover your physical and emotional uh, health, right? I mentioned uh, last week, maybe eat a small, a big breakfast, smaller lunch. Uh, and, and, and even smaller dinner or again, what we learned on that body for life is uh, five to six small meals a day. Some doctors, a lot of people agree on that is that it's better to eat five or six smaller meals a day every two to three hours because it helps your body to process it better and it speeds up your metabolism as well. And when I say five to six smaller meals, I don't mean rice and gravy every five, you know, five times a day, right? I mean like a, a, a regular breakfast, like a snack protein bar or a shake or some nuts in a, in a, in a fruit for a snack, then lunch, then another, what they call a mid meal, another healthy snack, and then something for dinner, you know, and so, and we, we did that for years and it really does, it, it helps. It's something, come on somebody, somebody say help him, Jesus. I need, I need to practice what I preach. This is hard for me to, you know, I'm, I'm, if I had a tomato, I might throw it at myself right now, right? Let me give you another resource. Danielplan.com. Go check that out, the Daniel Plan. DanielPlan.com. This was started by a pastor and by other physicians uh, uh, around the country that this pastor got together. Again, it starts out with focusing on the spiritual, but also on eating, exercise, rest, and even community to have people help you with it. And then one other, something that's coming up, and I don't have details or the exact date, but I confirmed yesterday, there's a couple in our church, one of them, the husband's a health professional and the wife's into fitness. So this is both a, a big focus in their life. They're going to begin a health and wellness, either life group or class in the coming months. We're about to kick off life groups again, so this will be something great. Uh, again, they're, they're, they're believers, and they're, you know, it's going to be, you know, Bible-based and whatnot, and he actually encouraged me. He said, man, we heard you talking about this, and, and he said, you're right on with a lot of stuff you're saying, what I'm learning, because he's, he's, you know, studying this stuff, and he's trying to actually go full-time into uh, uh, this profession, and so as we close, Psalm 90:17 says this, as I mentioned at the beginning, and may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Amen. Again, y'all, this is things that we need to do to be healthy, but we can't do it on our own. Again, let's not compartmentalize our lives. Jesus and the Holy Ghost needs to be a part of every single part of our lives. And when I, I pray that like because, again, you know. I've been praying, Lord, strengthen us in the face of temptation. Some temptation is really hard, like king cake, right? 
Come on, you come off of fasting and they got king cakes there. Come on, brother. Brian, right? That's a strong temptation in South Louisiana. Jesus, I need your help. But seriously, right? When you're getting into this and, and you're, I mean, again, emotions are a big part of our lives. We need the Lord's help. He says, make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us in a little while. Again, that means you can't never eat king cake, but just don't eat it every day, right? Save it as a treat at the end of the week after you've done good and eat right and go exercise, right? Come on. One more scripture and then we're going to pray. Matthew 6, 26, Jesus said, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the answer is no. You can gain emotional and physical health by doing the things we talked about today. But if your soul is lost, it will be no benefit to you when you breathe the last. Amen? We want you to be healthy in every area. And that's why you hear me pray it often. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally. And that's good. We want to work towards this. I'll give you some more next week. We're talking about getting the rhythms. But this is the most important thing right here. What does it benefit us to gain all this earthly health if when we breathe our lives, we perish and spend eternity separated from God? Again, every day we, we, we hear yesterday, there's another funeral tomorrow. Every week we realize the reality of this, right? Do me a favor, bow your head with me and close your eyes. And If you say, Brandon, I, you know, I'm not sure when I breathe my last where I'm going to spend eternity. Because the truth is we will all spend eternity somewhere. The Bible makes it clear it will be either heaven or hell. Eternally with the Lord or eternally separated from God. But he made a way that nobody would have to spend eternity separated from him. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to pay for our debt, because we had a sin debt, because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That word means eternal death, because the next verse says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you breathe your last today, if today was your last day on this planet, where would you spend eternity? My mom used to ask me that, and I said, Mom, I don't know. And she said, Baby, if you don't know, it means you're going to the wrong place. And she was right. Where will you spend? Do you know that you know that you know you're eternally secure in Christ's arm? If you're not sure, you can be sure today. Say, Brandon, I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity, but I want to know. If that's you, just slip up your hand and say, I want to get right with God today. I need to get my life over to the Lord. I need to get right today. Thank you, Jesus. Just slip up your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anyone else? Say, I need to get my life right. I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, well let's pray. We're going to pray together. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Just pray a prayer something like this, but mean it with all faith and with your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place and dying for my sins. Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask you for to forgive me of my sins. I repent, and I turn away today. I make you my Lord and Savior. And give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those that made that decision today. Amen.
you prayed that prayer for the first time or first time in a while, there's a card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Fill out that card and uh, bring it to the info center. We have a Bible for you. For the rest of us, why don't you stand up? and Come on, let's pray through these two things before we go. Some of you in here, maybe you're dealing, you're not emotionally healthy. Maybe you're not physically healthy. Let's ask the Lord to make our efforts successful. Amen. Come on, if that's you in either one of those areas, just slip up your hand right now. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those with their hands raised right now that either need emotional or physical health, Lord, that they need to get back on track. They need to get into a rhythm. Lord, there's hands going up all over. Lord, I don't know where they're at or what they're dealing with, but I pray for these right now, and I pray that you would make their efforts successful. Help us in all of the things we need to do to seek you first, to develop these healthy rhythms so we can live a life that's healed, healthy, and whole, that we may glorify you and be used by you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. You ladies, come on out tomorrow night. My wife will be leading prayer. See you soon.